How you doing, Northridge Church? It's good to be, it's good to be back. This is now my fifth or sixth time. I think, I think it's my sixth time that I've been here. And uh, we have a blast every single time. And I love the 11 o'clock. This is the rowdy crowd. This is, this is a group of people. You make it easy to, if you can't preach to the 11 o'clock at Northridge Church, you need to take up a new profession. You know what I mean? Let me go ahead and welcome all of our campuses. Those are at Brighton or Grozeal. And today, not only are we one church meeting in multiple locations, but we're actually two churches uh, that are meeting together because my church, Freedom Church, is joining with us as well. So we're excited to be able to have you. So all of you that are at Northridge or Freedom or those that are watching online, we're excited to be able to spend a little bit of time with you. Before we get started, let me say this. You already know it, but I like to remind you, you have an amazing church. You have an amazing staff. Your team is incredible. Your pastor, Pastor Brad, is phenomenal. He is one of a kind. I got to talk to him a few minutes ago today, and uh, it was so great to catch up with him just a little bit as well. He is someone who has added, he's added a lot of wisdom to my life, a lot of vision to my life. He doesn't even know it, but he's added wisdom. He's added vision. And this past Christmas, uh, he sent my family and I a gift. I think it was a big box from Zingerman's. I don't know if you've ever gotten a big box from Zingerman's before, but it was, it was a whole bunch of brownies and different things. So I tell people all the time, I said, he has, Pastor Brad has added wisdom and vision and about six and a half pounds to my life as a result of what it is that he sent me in the mail that day. But nonetheless, it's, it's great to have you. Before we dive in, I need to know who I'm working with today, what it is that I'm getting myself into. I don't know. It, it doesn't matter to me if it's Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or Snapchat. How many of you have some type of social media? Would you raise your hand if you have some type? I need to see if this illustration is going to work. Okay, good. The majority of you have at least some type of social media. I want to I show you. I spend most of my social media time either on Instagram or Facebook. I'll show you my Instagram account real quick because it's going to help us get going in this message. According to this, I follow 525 people, 525 people that I follow. Some of them I know, some of them I do not know all that well. And then a little bit over 10,000 people follow me. Now, when it comes to Instagram. Those of you that don't have Instagram, maybe you have Facebook or maybe you're real old school and you got the MySpace still. You are still working with MySpace. Uh, some of you don't even know what MySpace is. Uh, if you still do know what it is, that might be more indicative of a problem. I don't know. But the truth is the way that it works is you can follow anybody it is that you want to follow. Following in an Instagram or on a Facebook context even it does not always equal relationship. Following does not always equal relationship because you can follow anybody you want to follow. I don't have to know you to follow you, and you don't really even have to know me in order to follow me. That's just kind of the way that it works. I can follow you. You can follow me. We can follow random people. That's kind of how this thing is. Now, here's where this can be a little bit problematic. When Jesus was alive walking around on earth, right? Because he is still alive. He's just not walking around on earth in bodily form so that we can see him. When he was walking around in bodily form on this earth so that we could see him, he would walk up to people. For example, he walked up to Matthew. Matthew was a tax collector that everybody hated. And he says, hey, Matthew, 
I want you to quit your job and I want you to follow me. Matthew looks around and he's like, I quit. And he gets up and he follows Jesus. He says to Peter and John, two brothers, he says, I want you to quit your job. You're not going to be fishers, uh, fishermen anymore. It's not what you're going to do. You're going to get up. You're going to get off your boat and you're going to come and you're going to follow me. And they're like, okay. And they leave their boat. They leave their occupation. They leave their family and they go and they follow Jesus. Now over the years, the definition of the word follow has changed just a little bit. Back then, following was a huge deal. If you were going to follow Jesus, you had to give up everything. Now you can just click a little button and you can follow anybody in the world you want to follow. I mean, for example, Steph Curry, he's pretty decent at basketball. Throw his Instagram account up there if you would. I thought I had a lot of followers, 10,000. I'm like, that seems like a lot of people. I don't know. Maybe you have a lot more. And then I looked at Steph Curry. He's got 26.2 million followers. That's, that's pretty significant, 26.2 million followers. I can follow Steph Curry right now. And the truth is, if I follow, if I follow Steph Curry or if you follow Steph Curry, it doesn't really mean that you know Steph Curry. I mean, you can follow anybody you want. You can, you can follow any person on the planet. And just because you follow them or just because they follow you, it doesn't really, it doesn't really mean anything necessarily. Now, back in the day, it did. But now it really doesn't. The problem is we still use the terms interchangeably. Because I can be a follower of Steph and I can also be a follower of Jesus. I can follow Jesus. I can follow Steph Curry. I can follow Jesus. I can follow you. I can follow Jesus. I can follow, I can follow anybody. And the two different things, even though I'm using the same word, they're completely different and they're on totally different opposite ends of the spectrum. Now I, I did something this time coming to Northridge that I haven't been able to do so far, I always bring somebody with me. This time, I brought my girls with me. So I want my daughters to come up here on stage real quickly, if they would. I've got, this is London. London is going into ninth grade this year. She's going to be in high school. She is, she is becoming an old woman. And this is Lexi. Lexi's going to be a senior in high school this year, which is crazy. And they're going to sing y'all a song. I'm just kidding. They're not. <laughs> London's excited about being on stage. Lexi would rather die than be on this stage. But, but I need them to help me make an illustration so that you will enjoy this message more. I, my goal is that, did you know that my goal, whether it's here at Northridge or if I'm at Freedom or wherever it is that I'm at, I want you to enjoy church. Aren't you glad that we can enjoy church? It's a good thing. We can enjoy Jesus. If you're going to come, you might as well enjoy it, right? That's kind of the way that I see it. So I need y'all, I need y'all to follow me everywhere it is that I go. Okay. Don't ask questions. Just follow me. Jesus, when he was around on earth in bodily form, he would say to people, I want you to follow me. And every time he did, he would say stuff like, I'm going to give you an abundant life. I'm going to give you hope. And so what people would do is they'd be like, sign me up for that. I want an abundant life because the alternative doesn't sound great. If the, if the alternative of an abundant life is a non-abundant life, let's follow the guy who said he can give us an abundant life. So they just started following him. 
Everywhere it is that Jesus went, people would follow. And they would follow by the truckload. People would follow him everywhere it is because he would say stuff like, if you will follow me, I will give you peace. If you will follow me, I will give you joy. If you will follow me, you will get heaven one day, but also an abundant life here and now. And so who wouldn't want to follow Jesus? I mean, Jesus started saying stuff like, I'll give you forgiveness. And people were like, I need some of that. And so people would just follow Jesus everywhere it is that Jesus went. So Jesus would, not only would he say amazing things, but he would, he would do amazing stuff. You read about Jesus and you see the miracles that y'all still follow. Good job. You would read about the things that Jesus did. One time Jesus turned water into wine. It freaked out every Baptist that's ever been put on the planet. Jesus, Jesus performed all kinds of miracles. Keep following me. Jesus one time raised some people or raised a person from the dead. And so people were following him because they were like, I hear what he's saying and I see what he's doing. And that is interesting to me. Because if you're raising people from the dead and you're in my city, I'm going to follow you around too. Even if I don't really know who you are, I'm going to follow you because that is interesting. To see Jesus one time, do you, do you have a Captain D's or a Long John Silver's? Do you have that in this town? So Jesus one time took a snack pack from Long John Silver's and Captain D's and he fed thousands of people with it. He turned a couple hush puppies, some fish and some bread into food for every single person that goes to Northridge. And so people were like, let's follow Jesus. We will get some hush puppies. This is amazing. And then one day though, he says something that freaked everybody out. Jesus looks at the followers and this is kind of a bad example because right now there's only two, but at that point it was thousands. And Jesus says, but. Sometimes if you follow me, it's going to cost you your life. And sometimes it's going to cost you your family and sometimes you're going to lose friends. And sometimes life's going to be hard. Don't follow me. And Jesus keeps walking and he turns around and thousands of people turned around and walked the other way. Y'all can go back to your seat. Put your hands together for them real quick. Be careful. So when Jesus got to the hard part, when Jesus got there, all of a sudden, everybody that was following him, they're like, ah, I got to think about this for just a minute. I liked the snack pack. I liked the hush puppies. I liked that stunt you pulled at the cemetery over there in Jerusalem. That was awesome. This whole losing your life thing, this whole it's going to cost you thing, I don't really know about all that. And it says in John chapter 6, verse 66, from this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. And Jesus looks at a couple who stayed and says, you do not want to leave too, do you? Jesus asked the 12. And Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. Now, here's the question. What was the difference between the followers who kept on following 
and the followers who hit the unfollow button and turned around and walked away. What was the difference in those two groups of people? I think there were some who were followers, but there were many who were fans. The real question is which one are you? Are you a follower of Jesus? Or are you like I was for 16 years of my life where I was just a fan of Jesus? Because I can't determine the answer for you. You're going to have to figure that one out for yourself over the course of the next several moments. Some were followers. Many were fans. The question is, which one are you? Now, let me tell you what I'm not asking. Those of you that have been around, I mean, I've been here now six times. Those of you that have heard me talk, you know what I'm not saying. I'm not asking if you go to church because you can go to church every single week from now until Jesus comes back and still only be a fan of Jesus. There's a lot of people who go to church. There's a lot of people who know to raise their hand during worship, especially at the 11 o'clock crowd here at Northridge and at Freedom for that matter. They kind of know what to do. But just because you do doesn't necessarily mean that you follow. It could just mean that you're kind of in Jesus's corner cheering them on. I'm not asking if you go to church. I'm not, I'm not even asking if you consider yourself to be a good person because we can all be considered good people if we compare ourselves to the right people. Have you noticed this? I'm a pretty good person if I compare myself to certain people. I went to Hilton Head a couple, for a couple weeks, my family and I, and my son and I were driving down a day later, and we were driving at night because we had to leave after his little all-star baseball game. My wife and my girls were already there, and my wife says, hey, I want you to download the uh, Crime Junkies podcast, and I want you to listen to Crime Junkies on the way there and on the way back. And so I am, my kid falls asleep. He's 10. He falls asleep. He's just played two baseball games that day. He falls asleep. I'm listening to Crime Junkies, and you know what I'm thinking about while I'm listening to that? I am an amazing person. <laughs> I have never chopped anybody up and buried them under a basement. I have never done this. There are, there are so many people that are out there that have done way worse things. There are people that have done worse things than I've even thought of doing, and I've thought of doing a lot of bad things. And I'm listening to these stories about these people, and I'm like, compared to the people on Crime Junkies, I'm amazing. I'm not asking if you're a pretty good person because you always compare yourself to people that you would compare favorably to. Let's not ask how we compare to Jesus. That puts us kind of at a deficit. Let's, let's think about it with the crime junkies example. So it's not, do you go to church? It's not, do you consider yourself to be a pretty good person? The question is, are you really a follower of his? Good times, bad times, every time in between. So why does it matter? It matters a lot because there's some people that were in the Bible that Jesus was talking to, and he basically gives them what I think are some of the scariest verses that I've read in the entire Bible. He says to them, I'll read it to you in a minute, but he says to them, there's going to be some of you who, when you stand before God, you're going to get the surprise of your life. Now, what you don't want to get 
from Jesus at the end of your life is a surprise. He says, there's going to be some people who think that they're good to go because they went to church. There's going to be some people who think that they're good to go because they were pretty decent people compared to other certain people, but they were fans of Jesus instead of actually being followers of Jesus. And here's what I've learned about Jesus. Jesus is not looking for fans. He's looking for followers. And he says in Matthew chapter seven, verse 21, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles and in your name didn't we go to Northridge Church and in your name didn't we go to freedom and in your name weren't we pretty good people compared to the people that we heard about on Crime Junkies and in your name weren't we, you know, weren't we trying our hardest? In verse 23, one of the scariest verses in the whole Bible, Jesus says, then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. I told you a minute ago on Instagram, you can follow anybody you want. On Facebook, you can be friends with anybody you want. Did you, somebody needs to tell you this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set somebody free today. Did you know that not every single one of your Facebook friends is actually your friend? Did you know this? There are people on there that you have not seen in 20 years. I went to a basketball tournament about probably about a month ago and it was five minutes from my house. And so my son and I, we went right before one of his baseball tournaments and we show up because LeBron James's son was going to be playing in this tournament. And I'm like, let's go see him. That'd be awesome. So we go, we pay money, we go watch this kid play. And all of a sudden my son Bryce, he goes, daddy, look who it is. And I look over and you know who is walking on the side of the court going to sit down? It is LeBron James. And I'm like, that is crazy. So I got my kid and I said, stand here. LeBron James is right there. And I'm going to, you look at me and I'm going to make a noise and get LeBron to look at me and I'm going to take a picture. It was embarrassing. We were in a basketball gym. He couldn't hear nothing. I said, I had to be like, and he looks over. Ching. I got a picture of Bryce and LeBron. You know what that means? I know LeBron. We walked over to another court. Dwayne Wade's kid was playing. Bryce goes, Daddy, look who it is. It's Dwayne Wade. We keep walking. I mean, I took a picture. I know Dwayne. We keep walking. I see all these college coaches sitting there. Mike Krzyzewski, Tom Izzo, just sitting there, just sitting there, just, just like this is normal to be in Emerson, Georgia. I've only been to Emerson, Georgia one time. Tom Izzo, Mike Krzyzewski, Bruce Pearl, you, na uh, you name them, Calipari, everybody, they were all there. I took a picture. I know Coach K. I got a picture with him. I know Coach Cal. I know Bruce Pearl. I know Tom Izzo. But you know what's true? None of those people, none of them know me. 
I mean, I got a picture with them, but they still, they don't even know who I am. I could, I could walk right past them again. And even though I have a picture with them from a month ago, they would not recognize me. They would not recognize my kid. They wouldn't know my name. When I walked into that room, LeBron did not lean over to Dwayne and say, bro, there is J.R. Lee. He's going to be up there preaching in Northridge church. He preaches at Freedom Church every single week. We got to get a picture. Nope. They saw me and they did not even care. It's one thing for me to say that I know them. It's a totally different thing for them to say that they know me. Now, it doesn't really make a difference if I'm talking about a celebrity, but it makes all the difference in the world if I'm talking about whether or not I really do have a relationship and am a full-time follower of Jesus. The question is this, how do you know the difference between whether you're a fan or you're a follower? Because it does make all the difference in the world. The question is, do you know which one that you are? Are you a fan or are you a follower? Now, when you read Matthew chapter seven, I stopped, but if you keep going, Jesus kind of gives you the way for you to know which one it is that you are. And after he says that whole spill about many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name cast out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will say to them, depart from me. I never knew you. Right after that, he says this in Matthew chapter seven, verse 24. Therefore, since that's true, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew, and it beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Now, Jesus was saying something that's super important. And what he was saying was, it doesn't matter what you believe. It doesn't matter if you're a follower of Jesus. It doesn't matter if you're a fan of Jesus. It doesn't matter if you straight up hate Jesus. There's going to be some issues that arise in your life over the course of time. In other words, life is going to be challenging. I don't know if you knew this. Life is going to be challenging. Sometimes life is going to be hard. It doesn't matter what you believe to be true about Jesus. Somebody needs to tell you this because there are certain preachers that are out there and they'll try to make it sound as if you follow Jesus, everything in your life and business terms will always be up and to the right. Everything will always be perfect. You will just always have a smile on your face and there will never be any problems. There will never be any setbacks. Life will always be good. And if you've been a follower of Jesus for any amount of time, you know no matter what words are coming out of somebody's mouth that that is simply not true. Sometimes, I'm going to look right into the camera, sometimes life is hard. Sometimes all hell is going to break loose in your life. Whether you love Jesus or you don't. Whether you're a follower of Jesus or you don't. Sometimes the storms will come. Does anybody understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? 
Sometimes it's going to be tough. And here's what he says, because this is brilliant. He says, here's how you know whether you're a fan of Jesus or a follower of Jesus. Where do you run when the trouble comes? When the trouble comes, do you run to Jesus or do you run from Jesus? Because if you run from Jesus when the trouble comes and you bail on the church and you bail on God and you bail from everything you've ever been taught because life got hard. If you run from Jesus, it is symptomatic of the fact that maybe you are a fan, that you know about Jesus, but you don't really know Jesus. It's symptomatic of the fact that maybe you have embraced religion, but you've never embraced a relationship with God through the person of Jesus. And he says to us, he says, here's what I want you to know. I want you to know that when all hell breaks loose in your life, you can run to me. Now, I know that seems strange sometimes. I've had people come up to me and they will say stuff like this in the grocery store. They'll come up and say, Pastor JR, how are you doing? And I'm saying, I am so wonderful. How are you? And I'm trying to figure out who is this person. And they will say, I have not seen you in like four years. I haven't been to church since 2009, whatever the case may be. I haven't been to church in forever. It's been a long time since I've been there. I say, what happened? Where have you been? Oh, well, something happened in my life and I really needed to get my life back on track. And once I get my life back on track, then I'm going to find my way back to God. I want to say to that person, and I kind of am now out loud via video, I'm saying to you, that's not how it works. You can't put your life together by yourself. That's why it's been either four years or the illustration I gave, I said four, and then I went back about nine. It doesn't matter how long it's been. You can't put your life back together. You running from God whenever you got that divorce, or you running from God whenever you got that sickness, or you running from God whenever all hell broke loose shows that maybe you know about God, but you don't really, you don't really know him. You're a fan, but not a follower. Now, here's what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that when something goes wrong, you don't immediately get mad and you kind of run your, have you ever ran your mouth at God? Have you ever done that? I'm a pastor and I do that all the time. So even though y'all are trying to look at me like y'all love Jesus more than I do, and you've never done that before in your life, this has happened to me. It happens with little stuff. It happens with umpires on baseball fields. It happens when it rains on Sundays. I'm like, Lord, we're trying to win the world to Jesus and you caused it to rain on a Sunday. We need a better plan. I actually have this conversation for you. Why is it snowing? every single Sunday. That's kind of the way that it works. I will get upset at Jesus about this. And I'll tell God, God, if I was God, if I, if, have you ever said that? If I was God, it is a good thing that I am not God. By the way, it is also a good thing that you are not God. I'm not talking about losing your mind for just a minute and losing your temper and running from God for 24 hours. I'm not, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when you run from God for an extended period of time, I wonder whether what you have called followership is really more indicative of what it means to be a fan. And I just don't want you to be surprised 
when you stand before God, like I would have been had something happened to me in the first 16 years of my life. Because when Jesus came to this earth, Jesus came to this earth, not so that he could attract fans. Jesus came to this earth because he wanted you to be able to be a follower of his. He wanted a relationship with God to be possible. And he knew that he was the only way. So he came to this earth and he lived a perfect sinless life for 33 years, accomplishing what I've never even been able to accomplish for 33 consecutive minutes. He died a sacrificial death, paying the penalty of my sin, all the stupid stuff I've ever said, done, or thought. And that is substantial. Jesus paid for all that when he died on the cross. They put him in the ground for three days, and for three days, Satan thought that he had won. But on that third day, when Jesus came crashing out of the tomb, conquering death, hell, and the grave, proving that I too could live a brand new life. When that happened, something changed throughout history that says to us, we cannot go back, but we can start over by becoming a follower of Jesus Christ. Jesus doesn't desire for you to be for him. Jesus is looking for people who are willing to be with him. Because he wasn't just for you. He's with you. He was with you on this earth. He was with you on the cross. He was with you in the tomb. And he was with you at the resurrection. And he's with you now, giving you an opportunity to move from being a fan to a follower. Say, so how do I do that? How do I move from being a fan to being a follower of Jesus? Do I need to go to church like 27 times in a row, check the boxes off, and then once I do it 27 times in a row, then I go on probation for three months. I'm on, I'm on salvation probation, and Jesus has to make sure that I'm really serious. And then after that, I got to join a group, and I got I to give a little bit to the church, and then maybe God will be pleased. That's not, that's not the way it works. Jesus says, you want a relationship with me? First realize that I want a relationship with you. And here's how it happens. You say, Lord, I believe you are who you said you are. I believe you did what you said you did. I believe you can do what you said you can do. And if you were willing to live for me and die for me and be resurrected from the grave so that I could live, if you were willing to do that, I say, yes, I want to be a follower of yours. I don't want to be a fan. I want to be a follower. And from this day forward, I'm going to choose to follow you on, on the mountain. I'm going to follow you on the mountaintop and I'm going to follow you in the valley and I'm going to follow you everywhere in between. And even when I don't understand, and there's going to be moments where you don't understand. And even when you don't like what's going on around you, even when you're not happy, you can still have joy. Because you know that even though you're going to lose some battles on this earth, you know that ultimately we serve a God who's already won the war. And so as a result, he says to us, he says, I want you to be in relationship with me. Your sin can be forgiven. Your life can be changed. All things can become new. All you got to do is say yes. It's simple, but it's not easy. You know the difference? Simple means it's not complicated. Easy means it's not hard. It is simple, but it might be one of the most difficult things you could ever do. Because in order to be a follower of Jesus, you have to admit that you are not in control. To be a follower of Jesus, you can no longer ask Jesus to just follow you. 
you have to be willing to actually follow him. And the opportunity is yours today because we're going to give it to you. If you desire to be a follower of Jesus, you don't want to be a fan. You want to be a follower. You want to know that your sin has been forgiven, that your life has been changed, that you one day get heaven then and there, but you can get an, an abundant life here and now. Not a perfect life, not necessarily an easy life, but you get a friend that sticks closer than a brother, somebody who will never leave you and never forsake you and never turn his back on you. That's what Jesus came to do. Forgiveness and hope and joy and peace and patience and goodness and kindness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control can all be given to you because of the person of Jesus. But it doesn't come when you become a fan. It comes when you become a follower. And that's my desire for you today. Would you bow your head and close your eyes all over this room today? Those watching online as well, if you're here today and you want to become a follower of Jesus, I want you to just pray this prayer with me. As I pray it out loud, it's not a magical formula. Matter of fact, you can just take these words and you can make it your own prayer. Just pray it in your own heart. Say, Lord, the best way I know how, I want you to help me become a follower of yours from this day forward. Lord, the best way I know how, I ask you to forgive me of my sin, to step into my life, to save me, to change me, to make all things new. I don't want to be a fan. I want to be a follower. And so from this day forward, I'm asking you to be the Lord and the Savior of my life. Thank you for what you did through your life. Thank you for what you accomplished through your death. And thank you for the life-giving opportunity that came through the power of your resurrection. I'm grateful for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you're here today and you prayed that prayer with me, what I would love for you to do, I'm going to do something. I don't even know if y'all do this. If you have your cell phone, would you pull out your cell phone real quick all over the room? No matter who you are, if you have your cell phone, even if you have one of them flip phones, it's made out of wood. You can pull that out. If, even if you have a flip phone, pull it out. If you just prayed that prayer with me, what I would love for you to do is this. I would love for you to text the word Northridge to 3131. If you will do that, it will help us to be able to follow up with you and let you know that you just made the greatest decision of your life. I would love for you to tell somebody via that vehicle right there. 313131. Text the word Northridge. We're not going to show up at your house with 37 people in a pound cake, nothing like that. That's what we do in the South. We're not doing that up here in the North. But if you would just let us know, that would be amazing. Text the word Northridge to 313131. And at the end, when I dismiss you, our prayer team will be down here at the front as well. We'd love to be able to pray with you. If you're watching online, just click the What's Next button, and we will be able to follow up with you that way as well. But thank you all so much. Thank you so much for letting me come back. It's always an honor to be at Northridge Church. I hope to see you soon. Y'all are dismissed. Y'all have an amazing week.